We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the D2 Nation podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Cavati. And before I introduce the best co-host in D2 Sports, allow me a little shameless plug. For all you Hoops fans, my first D2 Power 10 men's basketball rankings drop December 1st at NCAA.com. And a little spoiler, Northwest Missouri State is not number one. And I'm sure my co-host, Bethany Bowman, is not thrilled to hear that. Are you, Bethany? Hey, Wayne, how are you? Good to be back here for the nation. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see the Bearcats be number one, but we're still in football and the Bearcats are representing the MIAA right now. And after all the crazy upsets we talked about this season, the D2 football quarterfinals are filled with matchups between the top seeds in the region. One of those games pits number one, Cutstown against number two, Shepard. And joining us today is the quarterback from that Rams team, Tyson Bajant. Welcome to the nation, Tyson. Hi, how are you guys? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'm glad to finally sit down and speak to you because I've been following your career pretty closely, um, you know, since you stepped on the football field. And what we like to do before we get into what's going on right now for our listeners is kind of go back to how you got to Shepherd and how we got to where we are today. Um, so get our listeners a little bit acquainted in reviewing as a good journalist that I am in reviewing your profile. Um, I saw that you were a two time state champ prior to Shepherd. But I also saw that I think both your mom and dad went to Shepherd. So was there a recruiting process or did you just come into the world wearing a Shepherd football jersey and knew where you were going? Um, it was a little bit of both. So, uh, you know, like you said, my mom and my dad went to Shepherd. My dad played baseball here at Shepherd. And um, actually, my first year uh, alive, I actually lived in Shepherdstown. Um, so I've kind of always I've always been around this area. Um, and then in high school, I thought, you know, just like everybody else thinks that I was the real deal big time, had a, thought I had a future playing, you know, maybe at WVU or someplace like that. And, um, you know, those, those calls never came in and I had, I never had an issue with, um, with playing at Shepherd at all. I came to their games growing up. It was always an awesome atmosphere. And like coach said, there's not a bad seat in the house and it's always packed. So um, I had no issue with coming to Shepherd, and, you know, so far it's paid off. Um, I had option, other options other than Shepherd, small D1 schools, but um, overall I felt Shepherd was uh, the best opportunity to stay close to my family and to uh, play good football. Oh, so you come in as a freshman and had some pretty big shoes to fill in Jeff Ziemba and then Connor Jessup, but you wasted little time throwing for 518 yards in your debut what made the transition to college football seemingly so easy for you? Um, I wouldn't say it was easy. It was definitely hard. There's definitely a lot of work put into that. But, um, you know, as, as you guys mentioned, you know, coming from a pretty successful program in high school at Martinsburg High School, eight out of the last 10 state championships, they're actually playing for the state championship this Saturday. And my brother's the quarterback. Um, so that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I think Coach Walker, who's now the a coach at Concord, he's the head coach at Concord University. Um, you know, he did a, a wonderful job of, um, you know, treating the high school, the high school teams and all the teams that came through there, you know, like like it was college. Um, so just a lot of the little things like the walkthroughs and the practices were held pretty similar to how we do things at Shepherd. So I think that's why I was kind of, you know, probably a little bit more comfortable than other people uh, first step and foot into college football. 
So are we getting a little insider scouting report here, or do we know the next Shepard quarterback? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, you know, I, obviously I hope so. Um, you know, my little brother, his name's Ezra Bajant. Uh, he's a junior, uh, playing for his first state championship. Um, but, yeah, you know, he, he's, he's starting to get letters and stuff, so it's pretty exciting. Um, it'd be great for him to come to Shepard. I'm, I assume my, my mom and dad would love for him to come to Shepard. It's so close. You get to watch him play. But, um, yeah, I don't know. But, I, you know, it would be wonderful to have him at Shepard, most definitely. That would be really cool. Um, and, you know, your time at Shepard, I think one of the cool things for you is that you're kind of writing record books in two conferences, right? Like, so you're, you're freshman year, you're in the Mountain East and, you know, you have like a couple single game records. And then the very next year you move to the PSAC. Um, what was that transition like though, right? You're a young freshman, you get comfortable in one league and then boom, you're going to a league that has a lot of historical contenders in it, in the Slippery Rocks and the, in the yeah. towns and the cows and the Indianas, you know? It, so what was that like learning all the new defenses and everything? Um, it was, it's definitely, it's definitely been a, a fun and unique process. I think um, the PSAC is definitely like one of the, I would say one of the SECs of D2. Um, it's filled with a lot of great teams that, you know, play each other tough uh, year in and year out. So I think my freshman year being able to play in the MEC where they are playing good football, but maybe it's not as competitive as the PSAC. So I think it was good. Uh, for me specifically to play in the MEC my first year, get some game experience, get that knowledge that I needed in order for us to be successful in 2019 and now in 2021 in the PSAC. So, I mean, I think it's been great and I think it kind of worked out. It worked out in our favor. For sure. Okay. So, you know, looking at X's and O's for this coming week, Shepard has one loss this season and it came to the team you're playing this weekend. What's the secret to beating that tough Cutstown defense? Um, I, I don't think it's any secret. I just think that we have to play as mistake free as possible. Um, you know, in 2019 and in 2021, we lost to Kutztown. You know, they came into Shepherdstown and beat us. And I think in both of those games, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. And when you have a team that's coached as well as Kutztown is and has the players that they have, um, you can't do those things. You got to play as perfect as you can. So we're going to have to play our best game yet. And um, you know, we're just going to have to make some plays, have some guys step up. And that's a little, you know, as, as an observer of the PSAC, I've, I've watched it closely. That's something that is kind of against the norm, right? Like you have like these shootouts usually in the PSAC. You have these high-flying offenses. So seeing a defense like Kutztown, it's not something that you really see a lot. So, I mean, is that is there a little extra preparation? Obviously, it's a, it's a huge playoff game. But is there a little extra preparation in trying to, to match up a little differently than you normally do? Yeah, I think you def you can't just focus on any uh, specific group of players. Like, you know, if you, you can't focus too much on their D-line because, you know, their back end is so good. Or you can't focus on their back end so much because their front forward uh, D-line is, so, is, is just so explosive and they're so fast. So I think just with us, just we have to, you know, rise to the occasion and be able to, you know, match up with all the speed and athleticism that they have and be able to get dudes in space and, break tackles and you know like I said before just be as mistake free as possible yeah 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 so where in your three of your collegiate career you've been a Harlan Hill award nominee all three seasons I mean has that ever really you're always playing in these big games has that really sank in like do you ever feel pressure on yourself to be to meet the Tyson Beige's standard and, and like 
is there something you feel that you need to do better? Um, well, I mean, I think it's, you know, everybody feels a little bit of pressure, um, at one, during one point or another. Um, but I think one way that I've kind of just approached each game is just kind of just understand that as long as I play each play as hard and as smart as I can, um, really everything will take care of itself. Um, you know, even in high school games where I've went in kind of thinking like, oh man, you know, I got to play well, I got to do this, I got to do that. Those are the games where you kind of the expect, you put the expectations so high that really nothing ends up feeling good. You, you never feel good enough during that game. So I think just taking it one play, one game at a time and just being able to do my part to the best of my ability, each play kind of puts a lot of ease on my mind. And that, you know, that's, that's established through the week with, you know, film and taking notes and, you know, lifts and practice and just always paying attention to the little things. And um, then on game day, it's just like, you just go out there and you just, you know, have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of having fun, let's hear it. Break down the final play because that was a fun one for everyone to watch. Yeah. So um, obviously as everybody knows, we played the Notre Dame Falcons and we put in, it was a play that was a play that we put in specifically for that week. We hadn't run it yet uh, during the season. It was called Falcon. Um, So yeah. So that first, the first play of the 30 seconds where we had the ball at the end, we get a big play uh, gets us down to the 23 yard line, burn a timeout, 10 seconds left. We know we have at least one more play before uh, we have to at least kick a field goal. So we called it um, because we, you know, although last second field goals are scary, we're pretty confident in our, in our kicker's leg. We felt he had the, he had enough leg to get it from where we were at. So we thought we were expecting drop eight and they actually didn't do drop eight. They, they brought four guys. They kind of played man and they played man in the back end. And um, Josh Gonterek had a post and initially he was open, but there was kind of people in my face. So I kind of got out of the pocket to the right. He kept the post coming to the opposite side of the field. I saw he had a step on his guy. And I kind of, as soon as I saw it, it was really either that or I was going to have to throw it away before the uh, clock ran out. Um, so I, thankfully he was there and he had a step on his guy and I was able to throw a pretty good pass. So it was, it was crazy. It was super electric. There was so many people at the game like because you know you get the attendance and you see the number but that doesn't take into account the hundreds of people that are lined up on the road that face the game so that all that added noise um it was one of the craziest things ever I um all the adrenaline uh was going in going in and out of my body after I ran into the uh I ran into the locker room after like everything was said and done and I actually ended up throwing up a bunch of water just because of how crazy everything was so it was definitely something I'll never forget and I think everybody everybody enjoyed it I definitely added to the noise because I was watching the game and I screamed when it happened yeah. I was like whoa like it was it was a crazy crazy play it was awesome I just wish I was there to see you throughout the water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I ran, I ran in the locker room, took the first right into the training room and they had a trash can and stuff and it worked out. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, you know, you talked about kind of thinking you might get some calls in high school from the bigger names and that didn't really happen. But now that you experience college football at the division two level, what makes it special to you? Man, I think one of the things that make um, playing at a smaller school special is that, you know, you don't necessarily get all the 
cool and amazing things like you know you don't get mountains of equipment and you don't get you know you don't have 15 20 places to eat on campus um but you know you really get to know everybody that that is around you and you get to know them I feel like on a deeper level and you kind of get to know them you kind of have a little bit more respect for them because you know um that you guys are going through the same thing you guys are kind of getting it out of the mud as as they say and um kind of working with everything you got you know, we don't have um, 10 people ready to give everybody who's got an ache, ache and a pain a massage in the training room. You know, we've got two trainers who uh, work extremely hard every day to take care of 90 plus football players. So it's just little things like that where you kind of have a mutual respect for each other and just how you guys are able to get things done. It kind of makes it uh, feel that much better, you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah, that that. I love the family atmosphere. I love to hear yeah. that. Um, all right, Bethany. He, he did pretty well with the hard questions, but it's time to put him on the D2 Nation hot, th- hot seat. Uh, are you ready, Tyson? Ready when you are. All right, get him started. All right, this one is pretty easy, like we usually start off, but your favorite football team and player? Um, favorite football, I'm a Miami Dolphin fan, and my favorite football player, and you got to go with Tom Brady, dude doesn't lose. <laughs> how did you wind up with a as a Dolphins fan uh, my uncle was a Dolphins fan we were watching a game when I was uh, a little bit younger I didn't really follow any team I was obviously a football fan but I just didn't have a, a team I was actually just a hardcore WVU fan so um I think it was the Redskins and the Dolphins were playing and he was a Dol- he's a Dolphins fan and I was just like rooting for him and he was like listen if you're gonna be a Dolphin fan <laughs> you got to stick with it. There's no, there's no team hopping. There's no, none of that. You got to be loyal to your team. And so I just kind of ran with it. Haven't really had a successful year since I've been a fan, but, um, you know, still just fins up. Hey, they're young. They're coming around. They're coming around. Um, okay. Getting a little bit harder here. What's the best football movie of all time? Um, the best football mile American Hmm. mile American solid good football movie a little bit of a tearjerker but it's a good movie okay what is your favorite social media platform and a personality page or account that you are addicted to um i'd say my favorite my favorite social media platform is probably instagram just because of the the visual aspect you know twitter's cool but sometimes i don't feel like reading everything (laughs) people have to say so being able to see cool pictures of friends and family um Instagram is definitely my favorite. I think I'm starting to come addicted to TikTok though, which is, I don't know if that's good or not. Just all these videos are just, just appeal to you and they're constantly just popping up. So sometimes I catch myself on that for a little longer than I probably should be. TikTok is such a dangerous rabbit hole. You just click the hashtags and you you don't stop. (laughs) I was on it till about 7.25 tonight before we started the podcast. Um, do you have any superstitions pregame or maybe something you do for the entire season? Oh man. Um, I would say I'm, I'm definitely superstitious. Um, I don't like, um, I make sure I eat the same, I eat the same food before like my breakfast meal. I just four eggs (laughs) nice and easy real quick. And then, uh, just go with it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I feel like there's something like if I'll wear something and maybe I'm, I don't have the most um, like I don't have a very sharp game. 
or a good mental game or anything like that, I kind of, I'll just, I won't wear that anymore. <laughs> just throw it away. <laughs> yeah. What is in your headphones pregame to get you pumped up for a game? <laughs> um, a wide array of all music. I don't, um, I definitely say just, you know, all everyday music would be kind of like rap, hip hop, that, that road. But there's a lot of times where like, even there's, 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 there's a lot of times where even songs by like Lana Del Rey would get me like super hype pregame for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. Or like, even like, what's his name? Sam Smith, the dude that, and like, you know, stuff like soft stuff like that, where dudes are singing. I don't know. It gets me hype. <laughs> what did wait what did henry litwin from slippery rock tell us what what was it it was something embarrassing and his teammates got all over him on twitter and then we find out yeah was it adele uh, it might have been adele i think it was hey, adele. yeah like i'm telling you what a, a good adele song pre-game <laughs> get me ju- that would get me juiced up see maybe we it's something out. with the PSAC. maybe the PSAC guys love it <laughs> we find out after the season the dude played the entire year with a broken collarbone like tough oh, as no, you know, i did hear about that it. He listens to Adele. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't get much tougher than that. Okay, so we know that you're great at football. Um, what's the most useless talent that you have? The most useless talent? Um, like, for example, I could probably beat anyone at trivia in the office or Saved by the Bell. That's my yeah, I, can, I mean, I can, I can walk on my hands Whoa. for a long time. Yeah, I don't know what that's good for, but. It's been impressive. That's for sure. I guess that'd be a useless talent. That's kind of not gotten me anywhere. I'd say. <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you made it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I got one more question. So go for you it. Talk about your brother playing the state championship game. So that's for sure his last game. He's a senior. You, you know, possibly can go on and he, play. He's a junior. He's a junior. Oh, he's a junior. Okay. Okay. Junior. So, what do you know where your parents are going to go? my yeah so my dad is going to the state championship game and my my mother and my grandmother are coming to my game nice very cool. how far is Pittstown from you guys uh two and a half hours oh not bad at all not bad um yeah so you see you're lucky in the day of cell phones that uh, the family can be in touch throughout the game and, and figure out what's going on back and forth yeah. couldn't imagine back in the day when that wasn't a possibility yeah um but that's awesome. And, um, you know, you made it through the hot seat. Thank you so much for, we know this is a busy week for you for joining us. And, and we obviously, we wish you the best of luck this weekend and we'll be watching to see if there's a, any last second heroics again. And, you know, if you, if you make the locker room without throwing up a bunch of water. <laughs> Try not to let it get to that point. This week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So remember D2 Nation, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you want to give a listen. Remember to watch a full slate of D2 football playoff action this week, this weekend. And we'll see you next week on the D2 Nation.